the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to that show. Hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast, and I am your host, Nick DiGilio. I'm a podcaster, comedy writer, and performer, a graduate of Second City, and a Saturday Night Live expert and historian, and each week, we will look back at everything SNL, the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. And I do, indeed, have a guest on this podcast, and I'm very, very excited. They just finished up their uh, first terrific season as a featured player on SNL, they appear in Amazon's A League of Their Own and on Disney Plus's The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. They are also the very first non-binary cast member in the history of Saturday Night Live, and they toured the country doing stand-up and comedy and spent a lot of time here in Chicago at places like the Lincoln Lodge, which, by the way, is only a few blocks away from where I'm sitting right now. You can see them this weekend at Zany's Comedy Club in Old Town in Chicago, and it is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the podcast SNL cast member, Molly, and welcome Molly. Molly, how are you? How are we doing, Nick? I'm I'm good. I'm so thrilled you could do this. Thank you so much. Um, I I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of yours, and uh, what a a great first season. Are you happy about uh, how it went for you? I am. I'm so grateful I am on SNL. It's the best job in the world, and I've I've dreamt of it since I was a kid, so I'm living the dream. Yeah, very cool. And now you're traveling around doing some comedy around the country, and you are going to be here um, at Zany's in Old Town, the Old Town uh, space, and that's going to be July yes. 27th, July 27th through July 29th. You got uh, an eight o'clock show on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. You're doing both an early and a late show at seven and nine fifteen. Three one two three three seven four zero two seven or chicago.zanies.com to get your tickets. Um, this is not your first time in Chicago. In fact, you lived here for a while and did some comedy here. But before we get to that, you're from Cleveland. Yes, I'm here right now, actually. Oh, you're in Cleveland now? Oh, sure, because yep. you're, you're going to be coming here in just a couple of days. So why yeah. not just make it a quicker trip? Um, Absolutely. I, it's funny. I just interviewed for, um, uh, for my other podcast. I interviewed uh, a gentleman named Alan Howarth, um, who is also mm-hmm. from Cleveland. Uh, completely different background than you, but he is a composer who co-composed. Oh, wow. he, he co-composed music for John Carpenter movies with John Carpenter. So he co-composed the music for... Escape from New York and Halloween 2 and a bunch of stuff like that. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and he's great. And he talked about his time in Cleveland. But, you know, like he is like a 70-year-old um, musician. And you are a much younger comedian um, and performer. And I'm sure that it's a completely different, you know, it's a different, gen- it's a different generation and a different uh, type of entertainment. What was it like growing up uh, in Cleveland from your point of view? Um, I grew up mostly 
um, on the west side of Cleveland, and I grew up going to like the lake in the summer. So, like, I'm actually on the lake right now. Mm. Uh, went to sc- high school west side of Cleveland, grade school, all Catholic schooling. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was I love Cleveland. I'm I'm a diehard Cleveland Cleveland kid. Yeah, I have friends from Cleveland, and I haven't been there in a very long time. But um, uh, I've been I've been there I've been there a bunch of times. Uh, I've I've gone for weddings, friends' weddings, and stuff like that. And I've been to the Hall of Fame. Do you like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Are you a fan of it? Were you happy when it came there? Oh yeah, we we went when we were kids uh, for field trips. That was yeah. probably honestly the last time I've been in the building. I've been to concerts outside of the building. But, yeah, but they they're always doing something cool there. Yeah. Well, what's it, so uh, what do you, you know, as someone who has traveled across the country and done, you know, comedy and now you're like, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, you're in the Mighty Ducks, you're in a League of Their Own and all this other really cool stuff. Um, what's it, what, where do you get your comedy? Does that, does that Midwest thing, is that still in you when you think of stuff to, to do, when you think of comedy to write? Does that, does it hang with you? Oh yeah. I'd say, you know, 60% of my jokes come from just hanging around my family. I'm really close to like my cousins and my aunts and uncles. Like we all have a house together where I'm at right now. Um, Oh, cool. That's cool. So, and then the other, you know, percent is basically just experiences I've had. I usually write, I'm more of like a story. I like dissect experiences and make jokes within the story of that Mm -hmm. kind of my style. Um, But yeah, most of my material comes from my family and, if I didn't have a big family, I don't know if I'd be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> how did you uh, uh, tell me about how you got into comedy, and and uh, were there inspirations? Were there things as a kid that sparked you and said, "I'd like to do that"? What what was your origin and of your interest in doing comedy? Um, I definitely was always the funny kid in class. Uh, I was never a troublemaker. I just didn't shut up. Um, <laughs> but my teachers were usually pretty lenient about that. Uh, they would like work around it and let me like, like we, if we were reading out loud they'd let me do it in a character voice stuff like that um, oh cool so i got very lucky with being able to express my what i thought was funny for my whole life pretty much mm-hmm. um i started doing stand-up at i went to college in southern ohio and um i was one to always laugh at my own jokes and my friends were like i bet you can't do stand-up where you can't laugh and i was like i'll bet you and i i <laughs> did it and I fell in love with it. And I think the first time I did stand-up was at Wiley's Comedy Club in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> Wiley's? Uh, is that still there? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. I think it went – I think it left – I might be wrong, but I think it went out of a different owner or something, and then they reopened it, and it's back now. All right. I love the name of comedy clubs. I really do. The Me name too. Comedy, Bananas. Yeah. 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 My favorite I think my favorite is the one that's in, I don't know if it's still there, but there was one in the Mall of America in Minnesota called Knuckleheads. That was my Oh, I bet you – it's still there. I'm. Yeah. I have yet to. Michael Longfellow would know if it's still there. Yeah, he, he's, no. That he guy's would. done every club in the. Yeah, country I just. Really. It's funny because before we started recording, I told you that I had. I had Michael on the on this podcast um, about a month ago, and he was just hilarious and and really great. And I and I have no doubt in my mind that he would know if Knucklehead still existed. I have no. Oh doubt. yeah, he would. Drop a hat. <laughs> yeah. Did you like going to? Was uh, University of Dayton? Is that where you went? That's where you went to college. Mm-hmm. I had a blast. Yeah, I had a blast there. Did you? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I kind of went. It was I was, you know, I'm all, I'm always a social person. So, but I graduated. At least I think. So. <laughs> uh, it's always good. 
Was there a comedy scene? I mean, besides, uh, you know, like when you finally went and did your your first uh, your first gig at Wiley's, was there a comedy scene in in Dayton uh, around the college there, or around the area? There was a show called uh, the Hangar Variety Show. The Hangar's like a little because the flyers, so the Hangar was like a hangout spot with like a bowling alley and stuff. So some of the older kids did a variety show and that's where I did stand up every week. And then I ended up taking over the show when I was like a junior and senior. Yeah. Um, so I was able to do, and it was the same crowd. So I would just come with new stuff every week, which mm-hmm. was a great like boot camp in the sense of trying to write new material for the same crowd every week. Yeah. Um, and then I went up to put in Bay and in, in uh, Lake Erie. It's like an Island in Lake Erie. And I would, um, I would do stand up twice a week up there at the bars while I was working like in the kitchen and stuff at restaurants. And what was that like? I mean, okay. T- tell me about your first experience getting up on stage. Were you nervous as hell or what, 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 what was going on? Oh, I was shaking. I was yeah. like, I had some, I remember I wrote all my jokes that day in theology class in college. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't know why I, I that's so amusing that you yeah. wrote them during theology. Yeah. That's fantastic. I yeah. remember it. Cause I was like, okay, this is how you write jokes. And, um, <laughs> yeah, then I just went up there and it felt like, you know, 30 minutes, but I was up there, I think for like four minutes tops. Yeah. Did you get laughs? But yeah, but I mean, I definitely got laughs, but it was mostly people I knew. Right, right. I understand. Yeah. So, but the club was an eye opener. Like when I went to Wiley's, it was that was that was pretty um, haunting. Well, why? Tell me, tell me why. What? Uh, what was it? Because it was so different than what you had done, and, and more it was professional. Like adults. Adult, adults, exactly. Got gotcha. okay. It was adults, and I was like, it was the first time. Like it was a real challenge. I was like, okay, if I can't do it here, then I'm not good at this. Yeah. Um. But I felt, I felt, it was the feeling when I got off the first time, I was like, okay, well, I can do better next time, and I'll mm-hmm. just work on those. And I recorded it, and I'll just watch it and fix it and do it again. And yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how stand-up is for everybody, and, but uh, that's so what it clicked. Do, when, you, when you get up there, and, and like, let's say, okay, you're at Wiley's. Now, you've been working on a bunch of material, and you walk in, you're like, oh, my God, these are not my friends. These are not students. There's adults here who paid money. Oh shit! Yeah, you know that kind of that... from Southern Ohio. Yeah, I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? Uh, and so you got up there when you got your first laugh. Was that cool? Did that feel great? Oh yeah, I was like, okay, I'm addicted. This is it. Right. It was like a healthy drug, you know. Yeah. Well, the material that we were writing on, you were drawing it upon. You know, as you mentioned, uh, even early in those days, your your uh, your your family experiences and, uh, and and things like that. And then um, after you did that first gig at Wiley's, and then you said i'll be better next time so clearly you were going to make sure that there was a next time you were yeah oh absolutely yeah. i was hooked at that at that point i was going to classes and stuff and my main priority was like sitting in class and just thinking about my stand-up yeah um i read like i've read every i was like obsessed with going to the library and finding all the comedy books and all the snl books and second city books and so then Oops. my junior year mm-hmm. i went to I applied to be a do the comedy studies at uh, Second City. Mm-hmm. So I left Dayton and I did that for six the six month program they have here in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went, went to I'm, school every day to that Second City. It was great. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm, I'm graduate of Second City. Um, and uh, oh, amazing! And it's, it's a, it was a great experience. It was it was amazing to to work there and do the improv and it's helped me out 
eventually I, I joined a theater company that was formed by ex second city people who never made the big stage. Like we all were like, they were all like, no, you suck. You're not going to be on the main stage. So we formed a theater company. <laughs> so, Amazing. So I mean, there's just, a lot of people who didn't make that stage that are incredible, you know? Oh yeah. Great people. And a lot of them, we, I don't know if you were, you were here in Chicago, but we were a theater company it's still around. I just went to, in fact, I went to see a show that closed this weekend on Friday night, um, down at the factory. They're in Rogers park uh, now. Okay. And, and we were called the factory, the factory theater. And, um, did a lot of uh, pretty amazing shows, and I wrote and directed. I was I was AD of the company That's for a awesome. long time and stuff, and it was fun. Um, but I understand what you mean. You know, uh, uh, studying at Second City is a pretty because it's got such a reputation. Now, who were some of the like you read all the books, you grabbed all the stuff, you wanted to learn as much as you can. Uh, who were the first comedians or comic performers that grabbed you? And then we'll get into because I want to talk to you specifically about you know Saturday Night Live and getting into it when you started watching it who your favorites were but the books that you read the comedic uh, talent that you were most sort of obsessed with and wanted to learn about who were they I truly read like I just went to the comedy section and I picked them all out I think I've read like I read Lenny Bruce I le- read um Bob Newhart I read Carol Burnett I, I have then the Chris Farley show I read mm-hmm. um did you read Jay Moore? Yeah, did, did you read Did you read Jay Moore's book on SNL? I did not. Oh, it's so. Good. I will now. It's so good. I've read every book on SNL. Well, yeah, I'm a geek, but I've read every book, and and he truly wrote one of the best books. It's great. It's a terrific book. Oh, Jay oh absolutely. It's read great. that this week. <laughs> you a fan of uh, You a fan of Pryor? Richard Pryor? Did you get into Pryor at all? I did. I actually listened to his stand up, and I didn't read any books about him or mm-hmm. George Carlin, but I, I didn't listen to their stand up when I first started. And, um, I was a huge Jim Carrey fan. Like Dumb and Dumber is still my favorite comedy. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. And Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey's cool. So, um, so you read all about it. You loved all that stuff. And in general, like you mentioned, Jim Carrey. Did you? Are you a fan of physical humor? You, 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 you have great ability that just just by watching you on uh, season 48 and again congratulations on your season thank you thank you so much terrific um but you do have you are gifted with wonderful facial expressions that you that you use (laughs) and 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 uh and really and really and you're good at really you're really fun physically i want to see more of that quite frankly um yeah my every week i go into writer's room and i'm like okay you guys i want to break something i want to fall into a table or (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not really for the you know, I don't need anything smart. I just want to break stuff. And I understand. Good. That's great. So is that the kind of stuff like you mentioned, you know, Jim Carrey being one of your favorites and Dumb and Dumber being hilarious. Did you do you lean towards that kind of stuff? And when you were a kid, did you like the physical stuff? One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, like I think for, I like. It took me like two weeks to learn the moonwalk and I do it and I don't even dance. I just know that it'll be a good skill to have, <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's important to know the moonwalk. Yeah, that's yeah. that makes sense. That's fantastic. Uh, that's cool. Dumb and dumber. You never know huh? when it'll come in handy. Yeah, yeah, dumb and dumber, man. That's uh, that's I I think that's my I I'm still a fan of uh, I'm still a fan of uh, Ace Ventura, although obviously it hasn't aged well. Um, I know. It's mean, terrible. It's kind of like you watch it now and go, <laughs> oh shit, oh shit, yeah, no. I know. Oh man, and I still, but I still like I laugh at it, and then I feel guilty afterwards. I'm like, oh yeah, shit, I, I mean, I, I was there's so many shows that you know I rewatch, and I'm like, holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, we can we can touch on that uh, now. You are the b- before we jump into that, I, you are the the very first non-binary cast member uh, in SNL history. That's something, huh? Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it definitely wasn't my uh, main <laughs> main goal, but. 
I'm happy to represent and uh, one of my main, you know, I just try to stay true to myself and I like playing like the, I like playing a man with a beard in one scene and then, you know, girl wearing a prom dress in the next. It's yeah. Yeah. I, I well, like the varieties, especially I mean, with comedy. That's how I always thought about it. So they, they covered that variety. You know, you, you and the writers covered that variety pretty well. I mean, you played, uh, you played guys with beards and mustaches quite a bit. Um, yes. <laughs> and then you were in the you were in the vagina medication uh, sketch. Yes. Um, so and the, and the, the pageant one. I think the I pageant. Was, that's right. <laughs> I was Guy Fieri, I think. And yeah. Um, and I like had a bald cap. I was playing. It got cut for it was a sketch that got cut, but I was playing a um, I had a bald cap on for some reason. I don't even remember who I was playing, but mm-hmm. I had to have it. And I was under the pageant uh, wig. Oh, close enough. Okay, cool. Very cool. But yeah, so that, but then, but that got cut. But I mean, you did, in in, in addition, you did Guy Fieri, which is hilarious. Um, Yes, that was very, that was a privilege. Bobby Moynihan. Yeah. The previous week. And um, I love him so much. And it was, and he liked my comedy and he was so sweet. And it was an honor to play his old characters for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, I love Bobby Moynihan. He's great. And it was great to, I mean, God, he came back that for the Halloween episode just this past season. Him and Tom Hanks, that yeah. was amazing, right? I mean. That was like, I was still like in the phase of like, oh my God, I can't believe I work here kind of thing. Yeah. So when they were just coming out of the woodwork, I was like, geez, Louise, I, I can't know. keep up. See, heart, you, I was having a heart attack. You did Guy Fieri, you did uh, Brendan Gleeson, you did Randy McNally. Uh, <laughs> which, yeah, Randy McNally which was, my, was, was one of my favorite yeah. sketches of the whole season. Killed. You you killed you just killed uh, in Thank that. You. that and that was it, a very fun time. I I love that over the recent years and you know as the SNL sort of expert that I am and geek that I am I love that there have been more um, uh, drag roles for for women and you know non-binaries now uh, than before. Uh, like I you know because Kate McKinnon played like twelve different guys uh, while she was yeah. on the show. And, uh, you know, I, I love that. I, I think it's hilarious when, when they do that. Like one of my favorite episodes, my favorite episode of last, well, my favorite episode of last season. And again, we'll get into this in more detail. But the Quinta Brunson episode was my favorite of the entire season. Um, oh, yeah, that was a fantastic episode. Oh, my God, was it funny? Like, and she killed. She knocked it out of the park. And she was in drag, what, three times during that? Yeah, she, she was a blast. <laughs> she was like always, she was, she crushed it at table. It was I think it, they had a really different. Sometimes you, you know it's easier than other weeks to pick the sketches after a table read. Yeah. When the when the host is so talented and like so versatile and funny, I imagine it's way harder for them to pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it was great. Well, okay. Before we get into all that, and again, congratulations on being the, the you know being his you know being history making uh, on SNL. Thank that's, you. That's, Thank that's, you. That's it's really terrific, man. It's really terrific. So, um, all right. So back to like the early days. You you did your stand up and stuff. And so after Wiley's and after all of that, when did you go? Okay, this is really I want to do comedy. And when that decision when when was that decision made? And how did the family feel about it being from the Midwest? You know, and that kind of thing. Um, tell me about that. Um, they were just they want they were like get your degree and you can do whatever you want and I was like okay well then I got into this program and I'll go here and um the second city was a lot cheaper than Dayton that year so my parents were like whatever uh <laughs> they were proud of me and then um every year I just kind of got a little closer to whatever I was trying to do and I I remember when I was like twenty nine I was like all right if I don't get something I'm 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 gonna switch paths because I, I've been going at this for so long 
Um, and then I got Comedy Central, like, New Faces 2019, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll keep going. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I know. like, if my parents saw me still pushing for it, then they were supportive, you know? Yeah. So you got you got the the Comedy Central thing. The next uh, uh, that was your that was your kind of your first sort of uh, sort of big thing. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I was doing stand up all over Chicago. Like, I didn't really do any improv classes after the Second City program because I was like, well, I can do stand up for free, and I don't have to pay thousands of dollars to do these classes. Yep. Yep. Um, so I didn't do any other program outside of the comedy studies thing. Um, I did some improv at like smaller little like independent studios, but mostly I started doing open mics and then I got started to get booked at like comedy bar, laugh factory and independent. There's like so many great independent shows. I, then I got cast on the Lincoln lodge. Um, yeah. Lincoln I, lodge, I, by I, the way, a... I'm, I'm sitting not very far from Lincoln lodge. I'm, are you in it? No, no, no. I mean, the, no, oh, no. They have I mean, a studio. Yeah, the location of where it is. I'm not. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not very. Yeah, that. that's my favorite. I love the Lincoln Lodge so much. It's, yeah. Um, they took really good care of me, and yeah, then I just was like, okay, well, stand up's my thing now, and mm -hmm. I auditioned. Uh, I was asked to audition for this Comedy Central thing. They were coming through Chicago, and I got it, and uh, went to San Francisco, did the festival, and that's when I got representation, and then got League of Their Own, and so on. Cool. Well, that's, that's, that's great. So tell me about, um, uh, you know, S when you got SNL, first of all, um, how did that connection happen? Did they come, did they go, well, we're sending people out to see you, that kind of thing. How did it happen? Um, uh, how did you, you draw the notice of, of, uh, SNL? Yeah, I, um, so my agents asked me if I had a character reel in 2019 after that thing. And I was like, I can't, I didn't have it in me. I don't know what I was just, wasn't ready i didn't feel like i was ready so then the pandemic happened and then last summer last june um i came up in the chicago scene with sarah sherman and uh we're who good by the way buddies. who by the way i just saw um at uh, talia hall a couple talia of hall ago. yeah jesus christ she, is she funny oh my god she's is she the funny. best yeah my god I love so her. she asked me to go on the road with her in the like midwest leg of it last june and she's like you got to you got to send in the tape. You got to do it. So I did. I took her advice, sent in a stand-up, um, like five-minute stand-up set, and then I sent in a character reel that I did. And then I'd say two, maybe a month or two years, I got mm -hmm. a call saying that they're doing a showcase in L.A. at the Dynasty Typewriter and that they want me to perform. And I remember Michael Longfellow went first, and I went – I think I went dead last. Mm -hmm. I think there was 13 of us. Mm -hmm. And Lauren was there with all the producers and the audience. And I remember getting off the stage. I was like, that was the best five minutes that I've ever felt in my bones. That I did. Like, it was the best five I've ever felt good about. And I was like, if I don't get the call back, it's not, you know, it's not me. It's just not this. It's just that I'm not the right person they're looking for this season or whatever. Yeah. And, um, my agents called and said that I did not get the call back. And I was like, okay, it's all right. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was a pipe dream. Like maybe I just, you know, I'll keep doing stand up. And then I was at work making like $18 an hour, making notebooks in LA. And they called me Monday and they're like, okay, actually they do want to see you. And I was like, 
but they went they're like well you have to fly out in the morning on the auditions that night and i was like okay <laughs> so I, I tested um and i did different five minutes and i did a mixed character in stand-up mm. and uh i flew back to la and then they flew me back like three days later to go do meetings and then i uh it was quite the process and then i flew back to la again and then they're like okay you got it fly back that's awesome so what it was is so, like uh, so and i remember you... seeing michael longfellow on the plane and we both were like eh? and we we're like yeah we got it yeah no he told he told me about that when i interviewed michael he told me you know um, he, he mentioned you a, a, a bunch of times during the interview and was very kind yeah we, we 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 had some him and i had some ups and downs together it was it yeah. was good yeah yeah, he's a good guy, man. I just love the guy. Yeah, um, he's a genuine sweetie. He's the he, best. Absolutely, and so funny. And he also had a great season too. Like every everybody, all you all you newbies had a great had great had great had all had great stuff to do. Um, I know was, we really came in at like a good. We just, I don't know. I I feel so lucky and fortunate to have come in on the season I did. Yeah. I mean, so r- awesome. right in the right in the first episode, the first episode, you guys. I mean, this you know, the, you guys got all featured in the cold open immediately because of that whole um, Peyton and Eli Manning thing that they did, where they were commenting. Yeah, you know what it is. I'm trying to tell the audience that 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 at the, it was Miles Teller. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. Sorry. And, yes. The... And and Andrew Dismukes, they were the they were the Manning brothers, and they were doing like commentary over the cold open while it was happening. Um, yes, and then and John just, Hamm came, and John Hamm and, shows up, and it was great. It was terrific, and it showed. And they got to showcase, you know, you guys for a little bit. You were in the cold open for a couple of seconds there, and and that was fun. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, yeah, that was like the greatest privilege for sure to yeah. be in the first episode um, of the season. Before we before we get into you know your first season, and and I have so many questions, and, and I want to hear some stories about it because I'm a geek, but. Um, watching Saturday Night Live when you were a kid. When did you start watching it? Um, who was your? Who were your sort of childhood years? What cast was your favorite? All that stuff. So when you can you remember when you first started watching? Um, yeah, I remember. I, originally, I found the tapes of like the best of Will Ferrell, best of Chris Farley, and me and my friends would always quote like the Will Ferrell one. We loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say like. The cast I really remember are Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon when they were all on together and Rachel yeah, like Gratch. Early 2000s, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maya Rudolph, yeah, yeah. A little bit on a Gossier. And then mm-hmm. um, that was probably like the diehard, like when I was not, you know, I wasn't really in high school yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it was honestly the best of tapes because it wasn't like we didn't have streaming to be able to access it really as easily as they do now. Right. right. So the best of tapes were my everything. It was the best. It was so, old school. And you had? Do you have yes, favorite? No. Do you have favorite cast members of all time? I I swear I think it switches every single second. Um, I I would I would say definitely. Um. Amy Poehler and I love Rachel Dratch so much. Yeah, I uh, and Will I t- Ferrell. I, I mean, then I then I, now I'm listening like 20 people. So well, I, by the way, speaking I, of Will Ferrell, speaking of Will Ferrell, did you like everybody else in the world uh, go to Barbie over the weekend? 
I did not. I did not. I haven't it's, seen it yet. It's the it's the <laughs> best movie. It's the be- I'm a, I'm uh, I'm also a, a movie critic, and uh, I got to see you know I got to see it at the press screening beforehand. It's I think it's the best movie of the year. I think it's the be- I think it's the best movie I've seen all year. And and Will Ferrell. I, that's what I've heard. I've heard people have cried. I it's beautiful. It's it's really like anybody, whatever people think it is, it's not. It's not like some movie about a doll. It's not a movie about a toy. It's not something that you can take your kids to. This is a really significant, subversive satire and unbelievably funny. And I, it's amazing. And Will Ferrell, you will laugh your ass off at Will Ferrell. He's oh, un- I bet. I'm, I'm he's, excited. You're getting me pumped up. It's so, and Kate McKinnon, oh my God, is Weird Barbie. Oh. <laughs> she plays weird Barbie, the Barbie that you know the you know the little girls who get the Barbie and then they cut the Barbie's hair, they rip it out and they draw on her face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. rip her, they rip her legs <laughs> apart. Well, Kate McKinnon plays that one. She plays weird Barbie, and she's unbelievable in it. So that's amazing. Yeah, and that adds up. Kate yeah. McKinnon's brilliant. She's oh, amazing. So all right, so those are your favorites when you're doing okay, and then so you get the gig. And do you immediately move to New York? Because when I talked to Michael, he moved to New York and he was like, oh, shit, I, I moved in Midtown. I shouldn't have. And, <laughs> and yeah, Michael like, had, an, he had an adventure for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what happened to you physically and all that stuff when you moved out to, to New York? Did you move or did you like get a place temporarily or what happened? I packed like two suitcases and they put us all the kids, all the people who got hired from out of town we're putting the jewel. It was like, it's this hotel. And <laughs> I think I lived there for like a month. And then okay. I bought a car because you bought a car in well, Manhattan. I, no, no. I bought a car like two oh. months before I got it. Oh, okay. Home. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, was, I was like, wait thinking, a minute. I, thinking I would be, you know, living in LA forever. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I then I got SNL, so I was like, okay, well, I bought this car. It's not a rental. So my mom and dad actually drove out to or flew out to LA. We packed my car with everything. I gave everything else away. Everything I could fit in the car went to Cleveland, and they just kept my car in Cleveland. My parents drove it back while I flew across the country with my two suitcases and lived in the hotel. Yeah. And then I got a sublet in Greenpoint, and then I finally got, um, an apartment, apartment in uh, Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, okay. Uh, uh, all right, so there's the. That's, but it was that's... quite. It was like a journey. It was like you're not only are you like, it was like a shocking. It was. It was. It was in a very intense, difficult time, but also the best time. Yeah, that's great. Well, there Which you is are. Why Michael landed in Midtown? <laughs> I hate the story he told me. I just was laughing my ass off. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, like I'm going to go get coffee. And there's like every, everywhere is like a bank. Like he's walking. It's like he's, in the, yeah. he's in the middle of Midtown. <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't know. I was like, how much did you like? And I told him, I was like, what kind of square footage? And how much did you pay a month? My God. I mean, <laughs> he probably was like, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah. it, it was so stressful. I like totally understand. If yeah. I didn't have that sublet, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. Well, there you are. You're in New York. And then, boom, the SNL experience starts. Now, I've talked about this a million times on this podcast and fans of, of SNL know it already. Um, what is that work week like? People and I, and I often try to tell people, you know, like and I call, as you know, I, I call this podcast. That show hasn't been funny in years to call out the idiots that say that, um, because, <laughs> because to me, the show is as consistent as it, and I've watched. I watched the first episode. I watched the first premiere episode. I was 10 years old with George Carlin and I was completely, I was completely hooked and like John Belushi 
and you know, and Gilda Radner. These are my heroes. They were my heroes of that that era. And I watched SNL, and immediately, like that same year, my father turned me on to Python, and I went, "Well, I'll, all right, I, comedy is yeah. good." Then. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so, but everybody has kind of their different, you know, experience with it. But um, what I always say is, they walk in. You guys walk in there on a Monday, all right? You got nothing. Mm-hmm. You got nothing, and you have to do a ninety-minute live show on comedy of comedy and music on Saturday. Um, right. And anybody who says, "Yeah, well, the show sucks," well, you walk in on a Monday with nothing, and then try to do something like that on a Saturday. It's going to exactly. be incon- it's it's going to be inconsistent over the years, and it always has been because the setup of the show is very complicated, and it's not an easy thing to do. So that first week, the very first time that you were there, what was it like for you to experience that week, from meeting the host to the pitch meeting to the table, all that stuff? Tell me about how the how the week works out for 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 you. Well, there's no guidebook and there's no rules. So when I got there, I was like, "What are we doing?" I'm like, "What do you mean we're doing this?" <laughs> So it was really like a learning curve. Like I didn't, they're like, yeah, no, we'll, uh, so here's Tuesday. So today you're going to write a sketch and talk to the writers. I'm like, I, I, we don't know anybody. I remember just looking at the new kids and we were like, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And like looking back, I haven't looked at it. I think it'll make me like want to puke. But the first sketch that I wrote with a couple people, it was so bad, but it made it to the table and it was definitely just a, it's a learning curve. Like, well, what was the sketch? Was, it, it, would you would you mind telling me what the sketch was? It was like, <laughs> it was like about Trader Joe's and like everybody who worked at Trader Joe's used to be roadies, <laughs> and that's pretty much all I can remember. Right well, it's funny that you choose Trader Joe's because one of the things that I've I've observed about going to Trader Joe's is that I haven't been to Trader Joe's in a while, but but. Uh, they're all they're the happiest goddamn people on the planet like yeah i I mean like really like thrilled to be alive and that you are absolutely they're some of the best people on the planet yeah and that's the one thing that i remember most about that is that everybody's very happy to work at trader joe's but they were roadies is what yeah they all used to be roadies for like the eagles or something i don't really remember (laughs) you know i like that that. i like that yeah we were yeah, we were just trying to get a sketch done, and it was probably like three in the morning. I was like, "When does this end?" They're like, yeah. "When the sketch is done." Yeah. And but yeah, then Wednesdays. Wednesdays were my favorite days for a long time. And then everyone's like, "How is your Wednesday your favorite day mm-hmm. of the week?" Because it's you know we read forty, fifty sketches, um, at table, and then we sit around and hang out, which is the best. We just hang out and shoot the shit and laugh and stuff and wait for the pics to come out. Yeah. Then Thursday, Thursdays and Fridays are kind of just crazy. It all depends. Mm-hmm. Thursdays and Fridays is that's when you find out what sketches are going to be part of the show, and then no, uh, we we find out that Wednesday night. on Wednesday, but then you start blocking and stuff on Thursday and Friday and rehearsing. And Correct. Yeah, feet, and we yeah. start filming the pre tapes. Yeah. And by the way, Which, the fact that the fact that you guys do those pre-tapes, like you just said, you start doing those on Thursday. Some of those pre-tapes, uh, most of them, the majority of them are. It's unbelievable that they're done in two days. It's unbelievable. Like that Mario Kart thing. Oh, sorry, I, I lost you for a second. Oh, are you there I'm now? Okay. No, I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was just saying that. Um. Uh. The fact that you just said that you know you do the pre-tapes like on Thursday and Friday. The fact that those things are done in the day and a half or two days is astonishing to me. Oh yeah, they're incredible. Like the directors and the 
all the entire crew on the film side is, I mean, they are some of the most talented people I've ever worked with. Yeah, the turnaround, that's insane. I mean, look at that. I don't know how the hell they did the Mario Kart thing in two days. I don't know how, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, Mike Diva, the director, he's a, he's a beast. Yeah. It was incredible for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, about some of the some of the highlights from season forty eight. I I, I want to get into some of this stuff now. In the Brendan Gleeson episode, um, episode two, we're only two two episodes in, and you make a spectacular impression in that. And speaking of uh, pre taped uh, stuff, the new cast members advice thing. Oh, um, the Putin. It can I just say I I I loved you so, like immediately. I was like I love this person. I, I I love I love them very very much and uh, it, I you were so goddamn funny in that and and the set and the setup was really funny for people who might not have seen it it was like it was a video that was like okay new cast members welcome and you've got you know Marcelo and you've got Michael and you've got Devin and and you guys are talking about your experiences um, and for when they so how did that how did that happen how did that come to you was that written was that written was oh some, Colin. Jost wrote it. And Joe, Jost wrote he's it. Like, okay, so, yeah. He's like, okay, hey, Molly, just read this and do be you. And I was like, okay. And I read it at table. It was to this day the best table read I've ever had. It was like, I just felt like I was on top of the world. I was like, if this doesn't get picked, that's fine. But I know that everybody now at work respects me and thinks I'm funny. Yeah. So that was like a really, just just a confidence boost for me. So Yeah. Well, I will say this, you know, I mean, because, you know, you, you weren't you weren't really in the first episode uh, outside of the outside of the cold open. But right. Uh, it's episode two. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, there you go. This this one's going to be a star. Like, honest to God, that's what I felt when I saw it. You were so thank, thank you. I had the most fun. I do wish like I was in such a it makes sense that they don't push us out there so fast because it really is like. I was probably in, I was in like pure shock for like three weeks. Like it, it, it was like yeah a fever dream, you know? So it did take some time to adjust to like I reality. Bet. I bet. I mean, it's a dream. I mean, it really is. Yeah, it's a dream. absolutely. It's a, 100%. You know, it's, a, it's incredible. Um, so I, I have to ask you this then. When you first saw, you know, your image and your name on the opening credits, what was that like? Oh, my God, dude. It was, the, it was like, yeah. it was like, it was one of the like core memories of my life for sure. Yeah. And it still is like when we're running around and they play it in the studio when the show is, uh, you know, during the dress and yeah. the actual live show and we're running around in our costume trying to get, get to, to the, the next yeah. place. And yeah. sometimes you'll be in the studio, you'll catch it cutting through to the other side or whatever. And you'll, yeah. you know, it's, you just get the chills every time. It's, yeah. Where were you when you saw it? When was the first time you saw the opening credits with you in them? Oh my God, that's a good question. Oh, I think me, Marcelo, Michael, and Devin all watched it together in the dressing room together. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, we're all very, we're all very close. It's like trauma bonding. You know? Oh no, no, and you could feel that. You know what I mean? And I have to say that I could, I felt that for the with with for this entire season. And again, I've been watching every season. I felt that there was a huge, it just there was a huge feel of unity. Within the entire the entire cast, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, could, it really was. Everyone's like, "This is the weirdest year ever." Like, yeah, everybody's sing along, and there's no like egos, and it's it was it's 
very lucky. I think everybody's incredible to work with. I have to ask you, is this Keenan, it's so weird, but does Keenan feel like the father figure? Does he? Keenan is like the best role model. Like he's never in a mood. He's never, he's always on time. He's always kind. He always like, he gets the crew food and like he gets us Chick-fil-A sometimes. Like he's just the best. Yeah. He's one of the nicest, kindest. Like I look up to him so much and he's such a great, uh, role model. I, I love the fact that he's got the longest tenure. It, I don't know why that thrills me. I really don't. Because I remember when he, I'm, I'm going back to the days when he first started. And they, I don't know, for some reason, like the press and a lot of the, a lot of the people, you know, like watching the show gave him a lot of shit for some reason because he was from, you know, Nickelodeon or he was from Cal and Ken. And well, that's like, the thing. My generation, like me, Michael, Devin, Marcel is a little young, but we all, like, when we got there, we're like, oh my God, we're meeting Keenan. Like, yeah. He, he's like, he's my hero. Like I watched him on Keenan Kell and all that. Like that was like what I wanted. I remember right. wanting to be in all that so bad. And right. now to be, a, he's my coworker. Pretty, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. It's so funny. It, like sometimes I'll just look at him across the room and I'm like, what the hell? I know. Right. It's like, that's Keenan. Yeah. And, and I remember when he first got the gig, when he was first on there, I loved him immediately. And for some reason, I don't know, like I said, there was just, a, people took a warming to him. And then by like, you know, season 17, people were like, oh yeah, he's good. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's been at the... <laughs> it's, I mean, he's like the LeBron James, like of like Tom Brady of sketch comedy yeah. live. Com- it's it, he's, Every look, everything, any I know. character he plays, even if he's a background character, yep. like the the it, most advice I got was like when I was on the floor, I'd be like, I don't know what the they're like, just watch Keenan do, like watch right. his instincts and watch right. what he does, and right. even if he's a background player, he still makes it work. And yeah, well, I, I so, love the yeah. fact that I love the fact that you guys, you know, you Marcelo, uh, Michael, and and Devin, you know, supported each other, and you could feel that, and and and. Uh, it was. I mean, it's just so funny, and there are so many talented people in this cast. You guys are all so funny. I, you know. So um, uh, let's. I want to get to some of the other things. The the, the please don't destroy uh, a video that you did as attorney general <laughs> as attorney general of Ohio. Um, first of all, how much fun was that? Um, and how was the family? How did the family? <laughs> how did the family feel about that one? Oh my God, they loved it. It was yeah. my cousin. We were just. I was just downstairs with my cousins who were in high school and. They they always quote um, one of the lines that the PDD guys wrote. Uh, I don't pass the bar; I only go in. That's that's like <laughs> we we they it's probably the most quoted line in my, with all my cousins. They say it every single time. Yeah. But that was another like huge honor that they like wrote that and kind of surprised me with it. And yeah. Um. Then they, and they obviously let me really build the character up while we were filming it. Yeah. And um, they're just, I mean, they're so fun. I love, those guys are like, the be- they're the best dudes in the world. Yeah. They were just in Cleveland, actually, the other night. I missed them, but. Yeah, um, they're, coming to, they're coming to town. They're coming to the Chicago Theater here. Uh, they're playing the Chicago Theater. I think yeah, they, yeah, they Chicago are, Theater, yeah. Uh, or they're coming to the Vic. Vic, the Vic. They're playing the Vic. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. And I only know that, I, yeah, I just, I just looked because I wanted to see if they were there when I was there. But, yeah. um, I mean, they're they're genius. They're, they're such, and they work so well together. It's like they're one big brain. It's a, mm. it's a, pretty incredible to watch but that was fun to see you get showcased in that as the attorney general of ohio that just killed me i thought that was absolutely funny funny as hell that was a blast and sarah sherman's real dad was in it yeah god oh, so funny Which uh so the other funny. there's so many so many that i uh, that I, okay what was it like to to be 
you know, on the same stage and work on an episode of Saturday Night Live with Steve Martin and Martin Short. What was that? And and you, by the way, are featured in A Christmas Carol. That is the funniest thing of that whole show. That sketch. Oh my god, yeah, that was that was a very fun. Uh, that set was stunning. Yeah, that was that was such. Um, it was. I mean, just standing by them and watching them work the floor and making the crew laugh, like even on when we weren't filming, like was so cool. And just to be like, Steve Martin coming up to me and be like, hi, Molly, I'm Steve. And I was like, you're kidding me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I know. uh, Thank you for knowing my name. But um, Uh, yeah, they were, they were the best. They're, you know, they're a one. They're, they're genius. They're great. But that Christmas Carol thing is another, you know, you know, you, you, you appeared in some uh, pretty amazing, you know, pre-taped film stuff. This, I this, do love pre-tape because you were you you were in some great stuff. I'm, I remember a couple because we meant I mentioned the new cast member advice thing, Christmas Carol. You were in that. Okay, one of my favorite things of the entire year. My second favorite episode. I mentioned Quentin Brunson. My second favorite episode is the Pedro Pascal episode. By the way, you're featured prominently in that episode. Oh you know. yeah, that's a, I love Pedro so much. Unbelievable. Okay, you speaking of pre-tape, speaking of pre-film stuff, the Wing Pit commercial. Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> like, that's one of the, but seriously, that's one of my favorite commercial parodies of the past, like, 15, 20 years. I can't even with that. And you were part of yeah, that. What Heidi, was, 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 Heidi was killing it in that one, too. Um, <laughs> that was a really long um, pre-tape, I remember. Was it? It, yeah. like, went into the morning, I think. Um, and there were so many wings, but also they props made fake wings so there was like foil <laughs> spray paint but it was the most it was like i swear i woke up the next morning like like i was so exhausted i'd probably just fall asleep i woke up and i was like my hair smells like chicken wings like <laughs> it was like i was at a bonfire but it was chicken wings you know how you get that scent yeah. of the bonfire oh my yeah. god it was i i couldn't have a chicken wing for like but I still don't really. They don't sit the same with me. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you got blasted with them at one point because you. <laughs> I did. I did. But well, I. I that... That's another thing. Like I begged for that. I was like, please let me. Yeah. Get hit with something. Absolutely. Well, it was funny as hell, and I and I just think that that one of, one of the things I love. I seriously, it's one of my favorite sketches of the year. I think I'm Colin part, wrote that as well. It's. I think it's brilliant, and the build up to how weird and surreal and out of control it gets. It's just yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> uh, it's just so beautiful. And in that same episode, um, you, Jesus, you were in Lisa from Temecula. I mean, all right. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, you're at the table. You got to tell me what the hell. <laughs> I mean, what, tell me about what was going on. And and I mean, it's. I mean, it's. And God. Uh, you know, ego is unbelievable. Uh, oh, one hundred percent. But tell me what was going on at the table, because if you know, if you, people have watched it, we've all watched it, and everybody loses their shit. The whole, you know, the whole. So tell me what was going on and what happened while you were while that was happening. Did it happen during dress? I mean, did you guys did you guys break during dress? For dress, it didn't do well. Oh, okay. For rehearsal, it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like we were laughing, and then something happened where it didn't go well for dress so we were like oh no we hope it's not cut but lauren loves like character stuff like that and he was really pushing for it yeah and pedro obviously had a blast so then it just bowen had the giggles and then (laughs) bowen like couldn't hold it in um i was too nervous i was like i'm i was i was like i'm too new like i'm still 
paranoid I'm going to miss my, like, I only had a line or two, so it, yeah. it makes it more difficult to right. keep up with the cue cards. Right. So right. I was so anxious about missing my line that I wasn't, like, laughing or even was thinking about laughing. Because mm-hmm. I, I knew I would laugh later, but, like, nobody knew it was going to pan to – Bowen didn't know it was supposed to pan to him. <laughs> um, it didn't – They the writers couldn't find him. Right, right. In time, so yeah, it, it was. I mean, and Pedro giggling and shaking the table, and then the chair falling, and then Ego using his leg to. Uh, it was and just punky. I just, I, I <laughs> there's like so many different um, little corner nooks and crannies of like that whole thing. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like while I was watching, I'm like, yeah, okay, something's going on. This is like it reminded it's me like a, a lot. football. Like you, you, there's so many different corner aspects of the yeah. play that's going on. It's it's. it's it, it reminded Pretty me funny. a lot of it reminded me a lot of the first Debbie Downer because um not yeah, because every, exactly. not because everybody That's not because everybody. everybody broke you know because they did but it, it had that thing that was like the the idea of this sketch is really really funny and then the execution of it was even funnier because it just got weird you know right <laughs> I mean cook my meat <laughs> cook my meat is the greatest I mean oh my god it's a t-shirt that's t that's a t-shirt right there. They they do have, or I, I think that was one of the gifts the writers gave us this year was a T-shirt that said that. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, you were in uh, in the Jenna Ortega um, episode. You were in. I mean, another pre-tape thing, Waffle House. My God. Oh yeah. I mean, that was. I think Mikey Day, Heidi Gardner, and I were in that glass box, and Devin Walker were in our when that glass box for like fourteen hours. I oh think. right. <laughs> it was like. But, I mean, and Mikey Day is so funny just to, like, hang out with. That mm-hmm. He just does bits on bits on bits. So we were, like, laughing the whole day and throwing waffles at each other. It was great. Yeah. Well, the outcome. They filmed just... it in two parts. Okay. Over the course of a couple of days or? Oh, no. That was all one day. Oh, one day. That was all one day. Okay. Yeah. They filmed, like, the General Ortega because she had to go to set and block and be in the other pre-tapes. So they did her and Marcel first. Yeah. And then... They had and the, stand-ins, and then we filmed uh, the second half. Yeah. Well, any anybody who's ever been to a Waffle House, and I have, um, that is completely accurate. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's it's uh, spot on for sure. Yeah, completely. Um, and then uh, one of my my favorite female cast member in the history of SNL came back to host, um, and uh, that's oh, Molly. Molly Shannon, Molly Shannon is yeah. my favorite. She's my favorite cast member, uh, female cast member in the history of SNL. I. I can't even explain how much I love her <laughs> and, yeah, she's and how, genius, how so funny and how so fearless she is. And I love the fact that she's become a great dramatic actress and all this stuff. What was it like to work with, with, uh, with Molly Shannon? Oh, she's, she's joy. She, she's, um, she's so funny, but very like serious when we're doing sketches, like she, cause she's trying to map out what she's going to do. So it was just cool to watch her, and watch, see her be back in her own stop, old stomping grounds. And um, there are so many great sketches that week too. It's like, it stinks sometimes because there's only be a certain amount. And, um, you know, she, she's a, she's a crusher. She could, yeah. she could do any sketch and make it funny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did she, did you, did you talk to, did you get to talk to her a little bit at all? You know, like, or was it too busy to, you know, did you get any advice from oh, her no, or anything I, like that? Um, I think, she she just has fun. I, I I mean, I didn't. She had her kids at the after party. That was fun to meet them, and um, she's just down to earth and like felt like a good, you know, 
I've known her my whole life kind of vibe. Yeah. She's just very open and welcoming and funny. I was able to interview her some years ago, many years ago, actually, when she made that Mike White movie called Year of the Dog. Uh, she came to town to promote it, and I got to interview her, and I was, I was oh, kind yeah. of... Oh, yeah. I was beside myself because I was like, oh, my God. And I got to meet her and you know, take pictures and hang out with her and stuff, and it was a delight, and she was amazing and even cooler than I ever thought she was going to be, which... And my opinion of her was already high, my expectations. Yeah, it, um, was, a, I, it was a true dream that week. She's and just, uh, she told me, and I'm going to ask you this before we get, because I want to get to one last thing before, before I let you go. But uh, she always says to me, she said to me, always, always watch The Good Nights. Um, and, and, and you because it's always interesting to watch The Good Nights. So from your... Oh, yeah. And, and I, I, asked, I, I watched I, them meticulously when I was yeah. growing up. You were, okay, who, so were you just interested? Part. Yeah, okay, me too. Me, me, me too. And I want to, and by the yeah. way, every fucking time uh, uh, NBC cuts them out, I just lose my mind. Like when they cut me the too. feed. Me I, too, me too. Oh my God, I go nuts. I go nuts. So I what know. was it? What was, so why did you get into it? Why, why, why was the, the Good Nights one of your favorite parts as well? Because you always want to know who's like good, good friends. Right. Like right. off camera. And right. like who. Right. And just what the vibe is, because you want, because there's never backstage or behind the scenes very much of SNL. Like, there's a couple documentaries, but not anything near what you want when you're watching a show growing exactly. up, you know? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I think it was just a little view into the bond that the cast has that you don't yeah. see on the show. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with that. And I mean, it's so cool that you that you feel that way. And then like I, that was confirmed when I met when I met Molly. She said always, you know, and I didn't even ask her a question about the good nights. She just said, always watch the good nights. It's one of her. One of it's her truly one of my favorite. Even like if I'm not on that show or if I'm blanked for the show th- this past year, like it's still like you get to go out on good nights. You know, it's 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 just a lucky thing to be a part of. And yeah. What what After are people saying? Okay, so when you're up there, okay, what are people saying? What are you guys saying to each other? Um, I'm going. Uh, oh my god, I'm glad I have that wig off my head. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and and you kind of just like celebrate somebody who had like a slam dunk episode. Yeah. Um, talk about how excited you are to have a cocktail at the after party, or mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. how excited you are to go to sleep because you didn't have any sleep since Thursday. And you really are just like, oh my God, SZA's on the stage. This is nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. It's kind of like that. Yeah, I, I, I figured I figured that much, but I think it's so cool that like you love to watch it when you were younger, and now you're on that stage. That's amazing. And it's That's... it's funny you say that too, because like I was like, what do we say up here? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing is that. What you... I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm doing it. You know? it. Well, I don't know what I'm saying, but right now it's happening. I'm in the middle. I'm in yeah. The middle. <laughs> Sarah Sherman and I have a we have a uh, little tradition now where she jumps on my back and like a piggyback ride, and we walk off the stage together. So we've been doing that. For the I year, and it's fun. I love that. God, thank you for that. That's amazing. That is cool. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Um, I don't think it ever makes it to the video, though, because yeah. Well, I, because NBC cuts the damn thing off. I, oh, I know. It gets, I get I so angry, Mom. I'll, I'll talk to Lauren about that. Yeah. Could you talk, could you get that done for me? Could you get that done? <laughs> thank you. You got it. You got it. <laughs> thank, yeah, I appreciate Maybe they'll that. Maybe let me wear like a mic, like they do for the football players running around the field <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> that, that's a great. There's a sketch idea, Mom. Right? There you go. There you go. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't write it right now but yeah uh so um i don't want to ruin anything by talking about the strike so i'm not going to do that um uh, and uh, to be honest I, I have no info so yeah no i'm i wasn't going to ask you 
Right, get there. You go. Get, uh, you th- show your support. Hopefully, it'll end soon. Everybody will be compensated the way they should be, for God's sake. Yes, sir. And then you can write the "I am Mike" sketch. You can write that yes. sketch. Okay, good. And give <laughs> give me a credit on that if it goes if it goes past you, table. You, give me a credit. You got it. Okay, cool. All right. Um, I'm gonna play a bit of audio and then I want to talk about this. Okay. Yeah, you got it. All right, here we go. Listen to this. Everybody listen to this, and we'll tell you what it is, and then I definitely want to get Molly's perspective on this. My bad, bud. That was so loud. Well, yeah, people need to wake up. We are making trans kids grow up too fast. We should be keeping them safe, and we need to lift them up. Well, not not me, them. (laughs) I mean the kids. (laughs) Jay, they got my pronouns right. Let's go. What's happening, kids, is wrong, and you don't need to be scared. Our job is to protect you, and your job is to focus on being a kid. It's kind of like me flying in the SNL sky. There's a bunch of dudes asking you about your crotch and controlling when and where you're allowed to pee. But if you just hang on, you'll look up and realize, you're flying, kid. Hey. Hey, Mr. J, am I still in the frame? I mean, your feet are. Nice! <laughs> Trans Rock! everybody! Okay. Um, okay, I'm not going to lie, Molly. When I first watched that, I got, I, I teared up. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I, I was so happy for you. I was so happy that you were making that statement as the first non-binary uh, cast member in SNL history. Um, and I also love, and I'm, and, I, and I'm sure that you, maybe this th- came through your mind since you watched the Chris Farley, the best of um, Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, like he did an update piece where he was on a, <laughs> he was on a harness being lifted up. And, um, and it was just, I, to me, it was just a lovely moment. Um, and I just want to ask you what it was like uh, for you to do that and what was happening when you, when you did that sketch. Um. So Celeste Diem, who is a writer, um, one of the head writers at SNL and also non-binary, and then the Please Don't Destroy guys helped write that. Mm-hmm. Celeste really, Celeste really took the full, like wrote the genius part of it, um, mm-hmm. and it was really cool. I definitely get the most hate for it, so that hurts. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, but I'm, I'm, I... I'm glad I did it, and it, it, it you know. It it was it was awesome, and I told Michael Che like the first week of work that I wanted to fly into Update. Yeah, I didn't know what for, and he's like, "For what?" And I was like, "I don't know yet." And then I told Celeste and the PDD boys, and I was like, "I want to fly in," and they're like, "Well, let's do this." And so it was a pretty, it was a great collaboration, and it was, um, you know, it's everybody's more aware of non-binary people, even on set, people are getting the pronouns right. So it's just like. I don't know if I can help a couple kids. That's pretty much what I'm trying to do. Well, no, and I and you, and I, you know, listen. I think you did, and uh, and fuck all the pe- all the hate out that. I know, I you know. know. Um, it's a, it was a beautiful moment. It was one of my favorite moments of the entire season, and I was so Thanks. thrilled. For, and I was thrilled for you, uh, and I thought it was I great. And that. and I love the fact that you know, like, um, update has turned into this really wonderful haven for new cast members and cast members who might not fit into doing impressions or doing that kind Absolutely. of stuff. And I love that. You know, Michael, Michael Longfellow and I talked about that, um, about how there is this wonderful place now at the update desk for, 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 for cast members. Do you, do you feel that yeah, way? Yeah, Michael's like a, oh my God, yeah. And, and 
to be honest, update was not like my biggest priority. I I was really just trying to do as much character and obviously like physical comedy. Yeah. Um, and then two of the writers approached me like Friday at midnight to do the Randy McNally update. And I was like, Oh, I would love to do his impression. And then hair and makeup absolutely crushed oh, yeah. the makeup with the sweat and the rosacea yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, that was such a, very cool first time to do it and then the second time being myself i kind of made it a goal i was like well i'd like to do an update before the season and if i if i can to be more myself yeah um just to let the audience know who i am and stuff but yeah yeah michael longfellow oh my god he he's he's a crush like he he's yeah. He's the LeBron James of update. Well, my, you know, the, the, yeah, I mean, the, you know, like, I mean, he did the Michelangelo thing. The, the was just the, it was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It was so funny. And, and he's I, always being put in crazy costumes. Yeah. We yeah, talked I, about, I, we, we talked about that. Like I, I mentioned that he actually, that there's one sketch where he was like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio for about 30 seconds. And that costume, 30 I'm seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the costume have, department like, was, videos. yeah of him just like sitting while we're waiting for this to block again and he's yeah. just like twiddling his thumbs. He's such a good sport too. Yeah. And I know no. he loves it. But yeah. it's yeah, it's Very it's cool. a riot. Well, um listen, congratulations on a, on such a great Thanks season. Thanks so much. And, man. and and you know, and I can't wait till you guys get back to work um and you get to do it all again. Um, you, you, uh, you, you stood out everybody, all, all the new, all the newbies, you guys were great and you did a great job and it was, a, it was a really strong season. And, and you know what, um, it's interesting, you know, that you say that you wanted to get your update thing in before the end of the season. That was the end of the season. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't believe that. For yeah. sure. that was a... <laughs> it was quite the one to get in under yeah. my belt for sure. Uh, it's great. Um, so anyway, uh, all right. So you're playing Zanies in Old Town, um, and uh, that's July 27th through the 29th. It's just a weekend. Thursday night at eight yep. o'clock. Friday seven and nine fifteen. Saturday seven and nine fifteen. Three three one two three three seven four zero two seven or Chicago.Zanies.com. Molly Carney uh, live on the stage at Zanies in Old Town. I'm coming on Friday. I'd like to meet you if that's okay. Oh my God! I would be. Of, are you kidding me? Of course, absolutely. Okay, Which cool. one? You do, uh, do not know yet. I'll t- I'll I'll talk to somebody off the. We'll set it up. I think I'll probably come to the early show. I'll probably come to the seven. Okay. Yeah. Make um, sure you find I, me. I'd I definitely. I, w- I want to say hello to you because I think you're great, and I'm, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you. What ca- what, what what kind of stuff can people look really quickly? What kind of stuff can people look forward to that you're gonna that you're gonna try out or do at Zanies? Oh yeah. Um. I'm. I definitely do some family joke like about my family about how I grew up. I uh, do some personal experience stories and um, just what's going on in my old the old noggin of mine. All right. Well, I'm sure it'll be great. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I like can't. I I cannot wait to come to Zany. So yeah. we're gonna have a good weekend. You're gonna have a great time. It's gonna be great, and I can't wait to Hell see yeah. it. I'm, uh, I'm so excited. Um, again, uh, the full weekend, two late sh- uh, two shows on uh, on Friday and Saturday. One show on Thursday, the 27th through the 29th at Zany's in Old Town. Uh, Molly Carney, thank you so much. It was a thank thrill you, to have Nick. You, you got yeah. you're awesome. You you are you killed it. You you <laughs> asked me questions I haven't even thought about. I'm like oh. oh. It's, it's, I had a blast. Thank you okay. so much. Cool. Okay, I'll, Molly. I'll look forward to seeing you on Friday. Yeah, I'll look. I'll look for. I'll, I'll make sure I'll set it up with uh, with the behind the scenes people, and and hopefully I'll be able to hang out with you a little bit between shows or something. Sounds great. All right, Molly, you're the best. Thanks. Thanks so Good much. Day. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Uh, that's Molly Carney. Uh, man, uh, that was great. That was unbelievably great. So yeah, check her out at Zanies in Old Town. 
once again, my thanks to Molly Carney for joining me here on that show. Hasn't been funny in years. My thanks to you for listening. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. Check out our live streaming service 24-7. Hear great music and great podcasts. Radiomisfits.live. You can be a, a sponsor on this show and on any other show. Uh, that's easy to do. Just go to sales at radiomisfits.com. You leave a voicemail for us here at SNL Podcast or uh, for my other podcast, the Nick T Podcast, at 773-417-6948. That uh, voicemail is open 24-7. Or send us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for composing all the great music. For both podcasts that I do, the opening theme that you heard here and the great closing theme that you're about to hear right here. Once again, thank you. Brand new episodes every Wednesday here at Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Nick DiGilio. Thanks for listening to that show. Hasn't been funny in years. See you next time. and have a pleasant tomorrow.